Our next guest, well, life is good for him right now. He's the columnist for Bison Illustrated. You can pick up that magazine. Just saw it today when I walked to the grocery store. Josh Swanson's with us. Hello, Josh. How are you? Derek, life is uh, as a football fan. Life is real good. The Bison are four and zero. The Vikings are four and zero, and Carson Wentz is uh, shredding up the opposition for the Eagles. So as far as football goes, it's a uh, pretty good, pretty good fall for this guy. Uh, now I got to ask you because for me it's a no brainer, but. You know, when the Vikings go to Philadelphia, who are you pulling for? <laughs> so I, I've been asked that several times at work so far. And uh, and the Vikings, you know, I've been a Vikings fan my entire life. So I, I think this year is a special year for the Vikings. And I, I, I'd i say school Vikings, but I hope Carson has a, a great game against uh, what's turned out to be probably the best defense in the NFL with the, uh, the Vikings, the defense the Vikings have. See, I'm catching heck because I'm a little nervous. If they keep on playing well, I'm like, well, we're going to almost have to hope that Philadelphia loses a couple games so we can get the number one seed. <laughs> you know, the quarter of the yeah. season's o- o- already over. I mean, I hate to pull against the kid, but my goodness. So I, the last thing I want to do is to go to Philadelphia in January. Yeah, yes. But, you know, that, that fan base being all jacked up and, uh, you know, the anytime you're playing at home in the playoffs, it's it's an edge edge for that team. And, and in the last few years, especially home field advantage is such a big deal. So if, if the Vikings could get home field at U.S. Bank, how rocking that place has been on Monday night. You know, Eli Manning was out of his mind flustered. That place is so loud. So, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if somehow the Vikings can find a way to get one of those top two seeds in the NFC, if not the number one seed, boy, that that could be a huge January in uh, Vikings country here. Have you been to U.S. Bank Stadium yet? Or? I haven't. No, I haven't. Uh, I want to go very, very badly, and my uh, my sister and brother in law they've got season tickets, and I've uh, seen all kinds of pictures, and they've rubbed it in a little bit. So I'm hoping uh, to get down there later this season. I'm going on Sunday, so I'm the kiss. I, I'm just afraid I'm gonna be the kiss of death. I'm gonna catch heck all day long on Monday about it if they, cho- you know, if they trip up against the Houston Texans, who most people think they can beat. But it's the NFL; you never know how it's gonna go. But. You know, if, if Joel's been down there, if I, if I camp's been down for the game and uh, and the Vikings haven't stumbled, I think we're probably all right and avoided all the karma. So hopefully, you can uh, get out of there with a the win when you're down. There. Yeah, well said. That's a that's a very good point. <laughs> all right, <laughs> um, let's chat a little bit about the upcoming FCS schedule. Chase and I went over it. Some interesting matchups. Uh, this game for the Bison going to Missouri State, it's not a gimme by any means with the way that they've been playing. And it's hard to know what Indiana State's going to be from week to week, but that was a nice win for them. Yeah, it was it was a huge win for uh, Steckle down at, at Missouri State. That was, I think, their first conference win in, in about two years. And, and NDSU, our fans know that plaster field down there in Springfield. We've had a pretty tough time down there outside of a big one a couple of years ago. They've always been tight games, so it's you know they're going to be jacked up. Their fans will be there three and one. They had a really really nice win against Indiana State, and for a first time in a long time, they've they've got some momentum down there in Springfield, and they're. Uh, they're in fact doing a promotion where their fans are buy one get one free for tickets, no limit. So if you're a Missouri State fan and you buy ten tickets, they'll give you ten free more. They want that place really loud when the Bison show up on Saturday. Wow, that's <laughs> so they're going all out to get a good crowd there. I'm guessing there will be a good contingency of green and gold down there, though. I would think. Yeah, yeah, you know that's that's the one thing with Bison Nation, even a place as far as far away as Springfield. Where you're driving ten plus hours, you know, Bison Nation follows the Bison everywhere. So I would expect to see uh, quite a bit of green and yellow in the stands on Saturday afternoon. 
Were you surprised by the score against uh, Illinois State? I can't say I was because you just don't know what you're getting from Illinois State. Uh, you know, they go beat Northwestern, they lose to Indiana State, so you really don't know where Indiana State or Illinois State are at. But uh, the, the Bison pretty much had control of that game. Yeah, yeah, they did. And, and one thing, if you take a look at the numbers, the Bison run defense has been lights out this year, especially the last couple games when you pull the team like Illinois State, who's traditionally good at the run, and then an Iowa team down at Pinnock to under 40 yards rushing, where, where the Bison have been gashed a little bit, especially early uh, the last game against Illinois State was through the air, and they calmed down a little bit and finished with six ha- six sacks, and that really helped. But I think like what we saw Saturday, it's, it's not the same Illinois State team that had Trey Roberson and Marshawn Coppridge that our fans will remember so well, you know, being uh, cold Missouri Valley champs along with the Bison the last few years. And, and any time, you know, Derek, you know what? as well as anybody, anytime you can make a team one-dimensional sooner or later, that's going to catch up with them. And, and I think we saw that the last couple games in Iowa, and especially against Illinois State. The Bison clamped down on the run, had a couple big plays, and it was, you know, once we got up 28-10, to 10, the, the playbook kind of shut down, and it was a, a Bison football game. We got a three-score lead and protect the lead and, and play field position. So I was, you know, it's early in the conference season. So the, the Missouri Valley, we've had a, some really interesting results where you have uh, Western Illinois, who looked like they were playing really, really well, the top 15 team that got blown out down in Brookings this past weekend. Uh, Illinois State has dropped three in a row now. Indiana State would beat Illinois State last week, just lost to Missouri State. So, I, you know, there there might be some uh, shifting going on in the Missouri Valley Indies, too, of course, on top, but it'll be really interesting to see how the conference race starts to shape up as we uh, hit into the, the conference schedule starting here in October. I thought Easton Stick really settled into his own, and you know we talk about him like he's this young kid taking over Carson Wentz, but kid's undefeated as a starter. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we forget how much he played last year, so it, it's. I guess we shouldn't be all that surprised. This is not uh, anything new for him. No, and I think that you know with the three big touchdown passes that he had against Illinois State uh, on the one in particular. Illinois State had just scored to either take the lead or cut it to three. I think it was to take the lead and wait a nice kickoff return. And then uh, Easton checks into a play at the line and sees that RJ is going to have man coverage on the left side there and checks into a goal route and RJ beats his guy and Easton drops in a perfect throw. And I think things like that that the average fan might not pick up on where the coaching staff is trusting Easton to go to the line and make decisions like that where if he sees something, just you know, our fans are real familiar with what Carson did and changing plays at the line and getting the offense into the right plays. I think you're seeing with Easton, even though he's a sophomore, as, as we go from week to week to week, he's getting more comfortable in that offense and getting better within the offense. And that's something you hear Coach Kleiman saying, Coach Hedberg, Coach Polisek, and Easton himself, that as the week goes on, that young man keeps getting better and better. I know. Uh, is it Bruce has a little bit of a ankle sprain, and that's you know maybe a little bit of a concern that that can you know you're talking about one of the uh, better running backs on this team. Of course, they have a four-headed monster right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know and that right now yeah, with uh, Lance Dunn is playing really, really well. Chase Morlock is a threat from anywhere, the multiple places. Whether you're lining him up at fullback or in the slot, moving him around. Um, you know what what we are missing though this year, if you, if you take a look at kind of just the the statistics in general from a 30,000-foot view, boy, we, we need that explosive play on special teams that we really haven't had this year. We haven't had too many big returns. You know, Bruce Anderson's a home run threat every time he's back there, so it, 
it'd be nice to have him back there. Uh, but now with Eric Perkins potentially out this week with the, with the thumb issue, you know, he, he gave you know, last year he had a couple of nice returns there in the playoffs, especially. And then Cam Peterson had nailed two huge field goals. You know, that one against Eastern Washington descended into overtime. And obviously the biggest kick in program history against Iowa, but you know, he's four for seven on field goals and has kind of struggled with the consistency and the net net punting, you know, we've taken it for granted the last few years with, Ben LeCompte and uh, and the great punters before him that you know we're not quite getting the net yardage probably we want so if there's an area where the team I think needs to improve as we head into conference play you know special teams the last few years have been a huge difference maker for us in a lot of football games so hopefully this weekend we'll see a, a solid effort by that uh, special teams unit. You mentioned the defense earlier and we're talking about Josh Swanson columnist for Bison Illustrated talking about FCS football and just on the Bison right now. You talked about the defense earlier. It's amazing you lose a kid like DeLuca and they just keep on plugging guys in. And they're still, you mentioned they're dominant on run defense. It, it's reload. I mean, I hate to sound almost uh, arrogant about it. It's just, I don't know what more you can say. It's just, it's not rebuilding. It's not losing. And when just another guy steps up, it's the old cliche next man up. And, and NDSU has done a, a, a better job than anyone else at the SDS level. And, better than most teams at the FBS level. You know, any time at the end of the game against Iowa where, you know, we go in there and it's, it's national football, one in the trenches, you know, our defensive line shutting them down, our offensive line putting together, you know, that huge drive at the end of the game, uh, both the touchdown to bring us within one and the game-winning field goal. And, you know, with NDSU, they're able to rotate so many guys in there, which has been helpful. You've got, you know, guys like Brad Ambrosius and Greg Menard who are playing really, really well. Here, you know, Nick DeLuca gets – so much attention, you know, obviously he's out for the year and Matt Plank has stepped in for him, but Roy Pierre, Tucker, and MJ Stomp have been playing really, really well, and you got a guy, Robbie Grimsley, you know, talk about the line of great buys and safeties going back to your Craig Dahls and, and Nick Schomers and Colton Eagles and Kristen Dudzik, you know, Robbie Grimsley leads the team in tackles this year with 27, so top to bottom, I think, what really excites me about this team, Derek, is I think just like the team maybe last year and two years ago, the defense is getting better and better every game. And I think that's something for Bison fan to, fans to watch as the season wears on. I think pass defense will continue to improve. And any time against like Illinois State with those six backs, and even early when they were really taking us apart through the air, we were getting pressure on them with our front four. And I, I think this defense by the end of the year is going to be another dominating unit for the Bison. Let me ask you a little bit about um... – just the FCS as a whole, because outside of the buys and you know, I think Sam Houston, you really don't know what you're going to get from week to week. Is that safe to say? Just looking at the rankings, I mean, it's you know the big sky. Uh, North Dakota's two and two, and they played well the past couple of weeks, and it's kind of a smorgasbord of. I, I wouldn't want to be the selection committee coming up if this keeps on going on. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of movement, especially in the top twenty five. You know it. South Dakota State, they've they've been up and down, and then they just had that huge one against Western Illinois. You know, you and I dropped two big games to to Montana at home, and then to Eastern Washington, but they're still sitting right there, at two and two. Uh, Charleston Southern, they had a nice win against Coastal Carolina. James James Madison and Richmond are right there. You know, Eastern Washington, that that's a team I think that uh, is going to make a deep playoff run. They've had some really nice wins, and and obviously teams that the Bison are familiar with and conference opponents like Youngstown State who's up there at 15 or you know Jacksonville State who's at number three and playing really well right now but yeah there's there's been a lot of movement and I, I think something that you know that is kind of 
panned out or played out through the first month of the year is that the Missouri Valley has taken some losses to, to schools from other conferences. You know, the Big Sky has had some nice wins against Missouri Valley, and the Ohio Valley, Eastern Illinois, had a nice win against Illinois State a few weeks back. So, you know, I don't know if the other leagues are catching up to Andy, or excuse me, catching up to the Missouri Valley, or if maybe the teams in the Valley aren't quite as dominant, and that'll be something to watch as the, the year plays out for that uh, come playoff selection where different teams get seeded come playoff time. Well, we have a long ways to go until then, but a fun weekend in FCS football. We have North Dakota here, and are you heading down to Missouri State? or? No, no, I'll have to miss that one. I'll be watching on TV, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's a big game, and, and that's something I think maybe that uh, game against Indiana State where they won by three touchdowns this past weekend. I don't think Missouri State, is going to sneak up on NDSU, and, and you're not going to, you know, like Coach Kleiman said at his press conference on Monday, you know, throw the tape off from when NDSU beat them 55-0 to zero last year. They're, right. they're a new team, and it's, I think it's going to be very important for NDSU to stop any sort of momentum that Missouri State will have early, put up a touchdown or two early, punch them in the mouth, and, and uh, get them out of the game as soon as possible, because that's you know, teams that have beaten NDSU in, in past years, whether it was South Dakota uh, last year, you know, Youngstown State or Indiana State a couple of years ago, they just hang around and hang around. So I think it'll be important for the Bison to, to get an early lead and to hang on to it this weekend. Guess what I'm doing this weekend? You you know, it's, I, you know, I pull for the Bison to win. I want to see UND win this weekend. I want to see Concordia and the Dragons to win and my Bemidji State Beavers, even though I don't ever know who they play. I didn't go to the football games I was there. I don't know, but... I'm going. I'm going down to see. Uh, I guess I, I compared them to. This is maybe an awful comparison, an insensitive comparison, but it's like the the uh, you know your child who's just addicted to some type of substance and he he can't kick it, and just when you think he's back on track, they fall off. I'm going to watch the Gophers again this weekend. They take in Iowa. So, <laughs> did you see you the know, end they, of that? They, they, did you see the end of that Penn State game? Oh my goodness gracious! That, it's breaking my heart. You know, if there's if there's a saving grace for Minnesota fans this year with the Twins being so terrible and the Gophers just being up and down and that you know tough overtime loss to Penn State, at least at least the Vikings are four and zero. And uh, <laughs> the Gophers, I you know I don't know the Big Ten. That's and that's another interesting league. You know, Iowa after NDSU beat them, they almost lost to Rutgers and dropped one to Northwestern. And Wisconsin's kind of come out of nowhere to be really really good this year. And Michigan State. Loses at Indiana yeah. in overtime and has lost two in a row. So, it, you know, talk about a real interesting Missouri Valley race. That Big Ten conference outside of Michigan and uh, Ohio State, boy, that's going to be a jumble. Well, can you imagine if Nebraska, if they run the table, let's just say, I hope for the Gophers' sake they don't. And I think everyone's focusing on the uh, Saturday after Thanksgiving with Ohio State and Michigan, don't you? I mean, if, they, if, those oh, two, yeah. if those two teams can run the table, that'll be about as epic as it gets. Yeah, we'll we'll hear game of the century. Both two teams are both running the table at that point in the year. It'll be it'll be an epic battle. Always fun to talk to you, Josh. We'll uh, do it again soon. Hey, sounds great, Derek. You have a good one. You, you too, Josh Swanson, with us, columnist for Bison Illustrated, talking about FCS football and much much more in our Vikings being four and zero. Derek Hansen with you. Bob Harris producing. This is the Front Row Show. If you